Shark Buggy. Shark Buggy. Shark Buggy. Hello, and welcome to Shark Buggy, where Howard and I like to delve into the pages of old recipe books and then see where we end up. We're up to episode 46, the same number of chromosomes in us human beings, legs of the world's biggest centipede, and days before anyone noticed Matisse's Le Bateau was upside down at the Museum of Modern Art in New York in 1961. It was an art student, apparently, who spotted it on day 47. Since we last joined you, I've put myself on a low-calorie diet, which gives you an idea of the books I've been looking at, and poor old Howard, well, let's just say... He's having one of those weeks. Oh, I've been experimenting with a new recipe. And, do you know, sometimes I just think, oh, I don't know whether I'm cut out for this or not. I know it's a bit late now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, what's the recipe? Fondant fancies. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> gosh. They're easy to buy. <laughs> we can't sell a class where you just say, Buy a packet of fondant fancies and make a cup of tea and let's chat for a couple of hours. Why not? I think that would go really well. Can you imagine? (laughs) Chatting fondant fancy with Howard for two hours. They'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what's the sticking point? Oh, (laughs) what's the sticking point? Oh, what's not? So first of all, the sponge is taking a little bit too long to make, I think. Because obviously you've got to get your timings in. And then because we we sort of emulate how they would do it, I suppose, on Bake Off. So if it's got a bit of jam in it, it's no good saying buy a pot of jam. You've got to make the jam and then make the buttercream. And I'm sort of drawing the line about whether whether I can get away with saying buy a packet of marzipan or whether we've got to make the marzipan as well. Because we've then got to make the fondant icing I made some uh, yesterday, then popped down to Tesco to get some more ingredients last night. Got up early this morning to have another go at them. I did the um, the fondant icing and uh, I, I thought, oh, I've, I've got the hang of this. And then thought, I'll, I know what I'll do. I'll do two lots of fondant icing and I'll colour them in different colours. Mm. So I put a little bit of yellow food colouring in one because they're sort of lemon and blueberry flavoured. Nice. Put a bit of lemon and uh, yellow food colouring in and it went, oh, no. So it's literally like a sort of... um, (laughs) A beacon. (laughs) Yeah, it's like bright yellow. So I thought, oh, gosh, that's no good. I'll, I'll have to chuck that away and, and start again. It's it's far too far too vibrant. So I'll do a delicate lilac, lilac-y, purpley colour, you know, yeah. quite quite nice and subtle, which I thought would be complementary to the yellow once I've mixed the, the proper yellow up. And it went again, and it's like, oh, my God, it's like nearly black. <laughs> So I made two lots of fondant that I had to get chucked out oh, and then start again. I said to Peter, I'm just not doing breakfast this morning. I'm just getting on with these. And it's literally been, well, I, w- I would say all hands to the pump, but there's nobody other than me doing anything. Right. So. Here you go. Pack of Mr Kipling, eight French fancies, <laughs> £2.20. There you are. Simple, sorted. 
<laughs> you know, it's interesting you say that though, because I had a look when I was doing the research into them and I was looking through my old cookbooks and so on. I'm thinking, there's no fondant fancies in here. There's no French fancies or anything. And literally they were invented by Mr. Kipling, mm. weren't they? Yep. Yeah. I didn't realise. Yeah. Was it their very first thing they did then? I'm trying to remember. Because it was I in the 60s? So. Well, I, I, you know, look, we, we talk about old cookbooks and so on, and I've got, got cookbooks from the 1930s and, and uh, uh, you know, older than that. And it's, it's made me realise that literally I am older than a French fancy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, because you're absolutely right, 1967, ah, was that, it? That, they, that they came out. Oh. So Well, I am as well yeah. then. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't like to say that. <laughs> But then you're supposed to say, but you know, Katie, you surprise me. You really do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, no, I wouldn't have believed that. But But yeah, and and, and we've now got to the point, you're going around in the kitchen and you're sticking to the floor with like random bits of icing sugar and fondant. Oh, Oh. it's terrible. So it all needs a good clean. Yeah. Um, for those that don't know who Mr Kipling is, for I don't know, it was Mr Kipling Worldwide, but he was a bit like Betty Crocker. Um, yeah. He didn't yeah. really exist. He was an invention by marketing people who wanted to give a traditional family feel for something that's industrially produced. There you are, Mr Kipling. It's a nice name. But there. do you think they chose the name after, like, Rudyard Kipling? Because it has a sort of a British sort of feel to it, doesn't it, Kipling? Um, no, it comes from an, from an Irish baker, Mr Seamus Kipling. <laughs> so That's everybody in Ireland just switched off now. <laughs> oh, oh, speaking of which, do you remember what we said last week with regards to a country tuning in? Yes, and did we pronounce it wrongly or something like that? No. Was it Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, well, we've had yeah. a message from Maggie. Sorry to disappoint. I think I was your Puerto Rican listener. I was there on vacation. <laughs> I'm based ordinarily in Swarthmore outside of Philadelphia. Oh, that's nice. Mm. No, I mean, I, I think it's lovely that people are going on vacation and still listening into us. I think that's that's a positive thing, don't you? It is. It is, but I did say we'll still take the country. So we'll still mark it down as our 18th country tuning in. While we're chatting, we also have heard from Barbara, listening to the podcast, the X-rated cookbook. Oh, that's caused a flurry, that has. Uh, it reminded, it did, didn't it? It yeah. reminded <laughs> her of the movie Calendar Girl with Helen Mirren. Cute movie, she says. We've also heard from, from Lisa on Facebook. Just started listening. Love it. I've got to say I kind of need subtitles, but I find myself just relaxing and enjoying. It's not like an episode of Vera or Shetland where my other half and I constantly say, what do you say? Back it up. (laughs) 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 But then I go and and reply and say, thank you very much and, uh, and all that. And she says, I listen to the Scottish Blethers podcast, which I binge on. Um, and uh, end up talking with a Scottish accent. Well, I'm thinking, if Lisa can understand a Scottish accent, I feel sure that ours is nowhere near. 
I, I think you're right. My, my, my dad didn't have much patience at the best of times, but if he phoned one of these like call centres and it was someone from Scotland, he'd always say to my mum, June, you, you listen, I can't tell what they're saying, you know. So. <laughs> well, we've got a, a few more mentions a little later as well, because we've um, I put those crochet trousers on our Instagram and Facebook pages. I'd like those. Mm. Do you know, oh my goodness. Uh, 40 years ago, I would have gone for something like that, I think. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, I thought they were lovely. I thought, yeah. As now then, if you made them now, when I think really you need to, would it be more of a something you'd wear around the comfort of your own home? And maybe, <laughs> maybe as long johns under your trousers? <laughs> I think <laughs> there's always a danger that... that there might be a, a sort of unexpected delivery or something and you have to go to the door. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was told that time because we've got a stable door so the top opens and you can leave the bottom one, which is jolly good because yeah. one day we had a delivery. Early, early doors, Glyn was out and I, I think I made a decision that I wasn't going to put my bra on till, say, 8 o'clock that morning. And so you have a delivery, don't you? <laughs> so fortunately, I was able to sort of surreptitiously put mm -hmm, uh, at the bottom half, so we're okay. Because that's because I'm small. If I was taller, that wouldn't have worked, would it? <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that you've got a, a specific time for for <laughs> putting your bra on. Do you know, I, I, it's funny actually you mentioned about bras because my mum came round obviously Christmas and New Year and uh, she said, I'm really in, in quite a bit of discomfort with these bras. I could do with an, a, a couple of new ones ordering. So we, we went on the uh, M&S website and we're looking, looking at bras on there and I'm saying, what do you think of these? The, uh, we're reading all the sort of description of it. And I'm saying there's one word missing from that and that's comfortable. So, you know, it's supportive <laughs> and so on, but it doesn't say that it's comfortable. Mm -hmm. So anyway, we, we found one and uh, you, you pop it into your shopping basket, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, ready to check out. And it comes up, nice choice, Howard. And it's like, oh no. <laughs> and then I put another one in and it says, we like your style, Howard. And it's like, no, they're not for me. They're for my mum. <laughs> uh, well, two things there. Did you notice one was called a balcony bra? The absolutely ridiculous. Oh, yes. Yes, but the balcony bra is a balcony. It's It doesn't really do anything. Yeah. You sort of perch on it. So that's a balcony bar, bra, which always makes me laugh. You can get a Paris balcony as well. A Paris balcony? What's a, a Paris, Paris balcony bra? What's a Paris <laughs> balcony like a... bra? <laughs> I'm loving the you fact have that... have a look for it. I'm loving the fact <laughs> that you are educating me in the, the things of bras, Howard. Yeah, absolutely. You ladies, man. <laughs> my mum doesn't like under. My mum doesn't like any underwiring or anything. So, uh, yeah, I've I've become quite an expert in, in bras. <laughs> but the other thing is that you might not know is um, when you go into a physical bra shop. When I say physical bra shop, I don't mean <laughs> there's bouncers on the door and come on, think if you're hard enough, anything like that. But if you go into a bra shop, they put the largest bosoms at the bottom of the the racks so the Did they? yeah 
And I think that's, I mean, gosh, if you get down there with your large bosom, you've got to get back up again. Whereas the <laughs> 32 A's are at the top. Yeah, I never understand that. I did approach Marks and Spencers about that one once upon a time. I never heard anything back. <laughs> Funny that. Yeah, so no. <laughs> when you go in, the larger sizes are at the bottom. Which, anyway, there we are. Wait. Wow. I know. Oh, that's not on. No. I'm going to have to look what a Paris balcony is. Let's have a look. Paris balcony. Uh, while I'm looking for a Paris balcony, have you found any wonderful <laughs> cookery books and uh, titles this week then? Uh, in my pursuit for kind of fondant fancies or French fancies, I, th I thought before I realised that they were a 1960s invention, I was looking in Constance Spry and uh, she's got some strange things in here. She says about these are little cakes, so I thought they were probably about, about the nearest I could get. Chocolatines and uh, mocatines. And uh, she says, prepare a, I don't know whether you pronounce it Genoese. Some people pronounce it Genoese, don't they? And if you're being very French, if you've actually got a Paris balcony, then you would pronounce it Genoise. Oh, would you? Oh, right. I think so. But she says, prepare a Genoise commune and cut into small rounds. So I thought, what's the Genoise commune? <laughs> Groups of like-minded people coming together. <laughs> oh, I've got one here. Dame de Paris, balcony bra, plus two centimetre thong in red. Is that what your mother was looking at? That's never. That's not on MS, is it? Mm -hmm. I think you've. I think you've. <laughs> uh, the stunning play what? of lines adjoining the top of the cups refer to the glorious Notre Dame. Oh, I say. Oh, this is opening up a whole world, uh, isn't it? Well, it Have is. we got anybody listening in in Paris? No, we said nobody <laughs> in France, didn't we? Oh, nobody in France. Mm. Oh, bless. Have you forgotten that already? Yeah, I've, I've, do you know, I've, my, my, my head has been full of fondant, uh, so, and so is the kitchen, basically. <laughs> Told you, Packer Mr. Kipling, 220. <laughs> She's also got these things called merlitons, which are a, a, a rich Genoise mixture containing crushed macaroon as she calls it, in a pastry case. But I've never heard of a Merliton either. I've heard of a Merkin, but not a Merliton. No, Merliton sounds like it should be in a Doctor Who, doesn't it? We've had the Daleks, yes, the Merlitons. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've just invented a supernatural creature, Howard. Yeah. They're, they're in this Genoise commune. Oh. <laughs> I found a woman who I think you are going to love. How have we never, ever come across this woman before, Howard? I'm going to introduce we... you to her. Oh, please do. Her name is Mary Dickinson Donohay. Yes, Mary Dickinson Donohay. Wow. So I found a cookbook called Calorie Cookbook from 1923. I thought, wow. okay. And she was a woman ahead of her time i've got absolutely loads on this woman i've got loads of bits of this book because it's just fabulous absolutely fabulous so it starts in here a bright interesting and valuable cookbook with economical recipes giving value of foods and calories and naming foods rich in vitamins and then she has contents and 
One of them is a forward for the fat. Oh, what heart. <laughs> she has a forward for the fat. So, <clears throat> forward for the fat. Now, for those who will agonise most over these suggestions, my brethren and sistren of the two, two solid flesh, may these menus aid you. And then it goes on, right? And so, uh, you must be everlastingly careful. Calories pile up from such apparently simple things. It's hard to remember that you can't just suck an extra orange without adding anywhere from 70 to 100 calories to your two, two solid flesh. But you can't. You mustn't steal a few grapes for yourself while arranging the dish of fruit. So, and this is this is sort of the vein that she carries on with. Now, I thought, wh when did the calorie first come about? Any ideas? I've no idea. Mm -hmm. No, that's a really good. So, you, it must have been at a, at a point. Well, I can't think it's sort of prehistoric, is it? No, they wouldn't have worried about. Oh, don't eat that. No, it's... <laughs> no. Well, I did a bit of research and the calorie was first introduced by Nicholas Clement in lectures during the period of 1819 to 1824 as a unit of heat energy. And it entered the French and English dictionaries between 1841 and 1867. Um, she doesn't like vegetarians, I'll tell you now. Doesn't it show? Oh, no. It is hardly fair to advise people to eat less meat and not help them a bit in filling its place. It would be awfully funny, if it weren't pathetic, to see the expression of bewilderment that comes to the average face when a dinner minus meat is suggested. <laughs> and, then, and then she's obviously got a friend who are vegetarians. So her friend is John, and poor John had a really terrible time and his devoted wife a worst one before they managed to get into their heads the idea of proper diet. They went to the other extreme and became food faddists. It's no fun dining there nowadays. They certainly are well, but they are bores. <gasps> what do you think they thought when they read the book? She'd be off their Christmas card list, wouldn't she? Oh, it's God. like, oh, that's a horrible way of, of sort of telling people what you think of them, isn't it? In, in a book. But, but then the other thing is, Howard, bearing in mind it's a calorie book, Please explain to me then, when you look at it, that she has things, for instance, baked lentils, over 2,000 calories. Quick bran bread without nuts or raisins, 820 calories. Cream of cabbage soup, 850 calories. And a peanut roast, 4,000 calories. But aren't wow. you supposed to eat not many calories if you're on a low-calorie <laughs> diet? <laughs> What's her name again? Mary Dickinson Donahay. She's no trained dietitian, only a practical housewife who likes to cook and who prefers to feel well herself and be surrounded by a healthy, good-natured family instead of a lot of cranky, whining dyspetics. Howard, is that how I pronounce oh, it? What's it? Dyspetic or dyspeptic or... D-Y-S-P-E-P-T-I-C-S's. <laughs> -E yeah. Oh, indigestion. Is that it? Or, if you looked at another one, which I think she's meaning, a consequent air of irritable bad temper. An air of irritable bad temper? Yeah. But it depends where, where this indigestion's <laughs> surfacing, doesn't it? There's <laughs> definitely going to be an air of something. <laughs> so what do you think to Mary? 
She sounds a bit scary. Scary Mary. Scary Mary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, bear in mind, this is 1923. There's a sentence here. <laughs> we have to bum things in our bodies all the time to keep said bodies going. 1923, somebody's bumming things into your body. I thought that was a modern bumming day. Bumming things? Yeah. I thought, I thought you said bunging things. No, bum. Bumming things in... Bum. Oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. Bum. Oh. <laughs> it's like we've got a little percussion going on here. Bum. Bum. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, uh, we made somebody smile the other day. Just one person? <laughs> Just one oh. person. Mama Black Bear 2. Beep, beep, beep. From last week. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's bum, bum, bum. <laughs> oh. People want you to crochet those trousers. Do they? Yeah. I must admit, I've got, I, I've done a bit better with me. Uh, I don't know if you can see. Oh, it's another little pocket. Like that. Yes. Dark burgundy. Well, they're, they're, they're little squares and I've got, one, two, three, four, five, six, Ooh. seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve of those done. Wow. So that's, Let's have a look. That's Let's picture. Get in there. Picture, Mr. H. I'm waiting for a needle. I've not actually sewn in the uh, the ends of them yet. Oh. But there's uh, there's quite a lot of mm. uh, of little squares there. So how I think, many? I think I'm doing all right. So when you think, you remember when we were at school and you used to do um, yeah. Robin's driving three miles down the road with six potatoes, and on the way a cow when you used to... requires one of them. A Robin reliant I've, I've down. I, 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 mean, I thought I missed some of that. I think I was I was, I was slightly distracted putting my crocheted squares back back over there. <laughs> And remember when you were at school and down the road was a Robin Reliant? And I thought, what? I think I've lost the story here. No. I was going to ask you about your squares, similar to when we were at school, when maybe I'll change it from Robin to Barry. So Barry, oh, Barry would drive down the road three miles with six potatoes and maybe a cow had to stop on the way for one potato. He'd travel 30 oh. miles per hour at six. Do you know what I mean? How many was he left with? So how many squares does a, a I was going to say a potato, how many squares does, a, <laughs> does your cushion require? Well, this is an interesting question um. because I don't know at the moment whether because I've done them in squares, I don't know whether there is a way of joining them together that gives a little border in between, or whether they will be completely buttered up to each other, in which case talking about sixty. Oh. So Oh, so we've yeah. still got a way to go. We've still got a way to go. <laughs> <laughs> and then I did think, because we've got a kind of rectangular cushion. Uh, which is the one, one of the ones that I would like to uh, to cover. Um, I thought it would look quite nice with some tiny little pom-poms down the side oh, as well. No. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just knit some of your fondant fancies on the side of them. That'd be all right. <laughs> Do you know you can buy knitted fondant fancies? Hey? That's interesting, that. Oh. Yes. I've got a, a book somewhere, a knitting book, I don't know where it is now. I went through a phase at one point before I went to university. 
and uh, I knitted some sort of uh, cakes and sweets and things like that to uh, as part of my portfolio of oh. work. Mm. But I think I got my mum and my nan to actually knit some of them for me to save a bit of time. So it was my portfolio, but not completely all my own work. But yeah, somewhere along the line, we have got a knitted cactus somewhere. But, uh, of course you have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and I, I don't know why my brain's gone straight to it, but did you find the picture of Peter? Which picture of Peter was I looking for? And my memory is terrible, isn't it? I'm sorry. It was only to... last week. What's the... What was the picture of Peter I was looking for? You drew a nude picture of Peter. Oh, yes. Oh, no. I, I, I said I think it's in the boiler room, didn't yes. I? In, in my old portfolio. Yeah. No, I forgot to look for it afterwards. I should look this week okay. and then you'll ask me next week and say, okay, have you found that picture of Peter? And I shall say... What picture of Peter and this? <laughs> Do I need to worry about you yet? I hope not. I think I've just had, as I say, fondant as as just. Oh. And the trouble is, I've got to be really kind of upbeat about it, haven't I? Because if we're putting the class on, I've got it's got to feel like I'm really, really enthusiastic about it and encouraging, and it's not that hard to do. And you'll have a lovely time. <laughs> you will once you've got it sorted going yeah. back to your crochet trousers cardinal shell that makes quite a statement but if anyone can pull it off it's howard and the only thing i thought was <gasps> please don't pull it off please don't pull those trousers off but that's there <laughs> uh, amy says i know a few people who'd want to go at that oh wait you mean the crocheting so there we are and yeah. then vicky said oh i nearly spat out my tea you wouldn't want to mess the pattern up and get the holes in the wrong places <laughs> And then um, we also had Teresa, hi to you. OMG, that's all she says on Facebook. Um, Jen says we would want photographic evidence. That's if you did crochet the trousers. If I did, oh, right, yeah. And then Jill says, marvellous, but will they match the wallpaper? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Kathy says, I hope he's going to model them too. So you're going to have oh, to do these. I suppose I, I could just hold them... Um, um... A completed cushion cover up, couldn't I? Although I'm not, don't, I'm not, I'm not going to be naked underneath or anything like that. So don't get your hopes up or don't get too worried. Actually, and, I do uh, love it. I have to say, I do love it when I'm doing classes and people mention Shaq Bagley, and the last sort of things like how have you have you got your wallpaper up yet and things like that which i love that they, 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 they've sort of picked it picked it up from there yeah we've uh, your mum's in the kitchen uh following on from that oh. x-rated naughty bedroom cookbook says oh, yeah. uh, one of you need to get that cookbook and i thought <laughs> um anyway i looked and it was 74 pounds howard no mm. yep Goodness me, seventy-four. I mean, I've I've got. I must admit, I have got a couple of slightly risque cookbooks. I think one that someone bought me, which I can't say what it's about, and um, I bought them one in return, which I can't say what it's about. So that's a right conversation stopper, isn't it? It's like, <laughs> but there was a a, a cookbook out a few years ago when I did a, a, an in-person class and we'd invited some members of the 
press along as a kind of promotional thing. Yeah. And there were two women from the, the Sun newspaper. <laughs> and they said, uh, oh, have you seen that new cookbook that's come out? And uh, I said, no, what, what is it? And it, this is, we can't talk about this one either. <laughs> it's like, but it was, <laughs> it was uh, semen oh. in food. Oh, no. no. Yes, yes. Was it real? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Have you found it? Oh, Howard. <laughs> yes. There's, there's a couple here, natural, oh. one called Natural Harvest. <laughs> oh. And another one called Cooking with Semen. Yeah. Apparently it's got a wonderful texture and amazing cookery pro uh, cooking properties. Oh, no. This one here, Semenology, the Semen Bartender's Handbook. Oh, gosh. That gives a whole new name yeah. to cocktail, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Reckon we'll be giving those books a miss, eh? Regards Mr Kipling, I've had a look, and his cakes and pies are marketed in Ireland, Australia and North America if you wanted to sample a fondant fancy. Merlitons, apart from being our new villain in Doctor Who, is an edible plant belonging to the squash family, also called chayote and vegetable pear. I do hope I've pronounced that correctly. It has a mild sweet flavour and they are commonly stuffed with a mixture of seasonings, herbs and ground meat or seafood. And they're low in calories. So that's it for another week. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Make a phone call. Oh, oh, hello, hello. Please may I order a box of fondant fancies, please, to be delivered to my friend. Yes. Name? Howard Middleton. <laughs>